punches Yeah, that's one thing I know Yeah, you gotta roll with the punches. Hi everybody, your old friend Mike Houlihan. Welcome back to Hibernian Radio. Hey, what a great week I've had. Actually, not great. <laughs> uh, my brother Brian died on Sunday. So that was kind of, it wasn't a shock. He had a rough time for the last five years. Dementia, a couple of strokes. Um, but he had a long road and it was a blessing, I'm sure. And we're going to be playing some music for him later in the show. But uh, you're listening to Hibernian Radio. We're brought to you by Madden Funds, Local 150, Sheehy Funeral Home, Fox's Pizza, Flood Brothers, and Guinness is good for you. And soon to be brought to you by BCT, Big Corner Tavern, over in North Riverside. We're going to start recording our shows there March 1st. Big news. You'll hear more about it as we get closer. But uh, great pub over at uh, Cermak and First Avenue in North Riverside. My my son Billy hangs out there. That's how I got to know Julie Shea, the owner. And uh, it's very cozy. It's perfect location for me. Hopefully for all of you, if you want to come to the show. Um, Julie, who owns the spot, her dad is a retired Chicago police officer. So it's a perfect fit. Really looking forward to doing that. Um, and until we get to March 1st, we're going to be going to the vault again. We're going to the vault every week until March 1st. Great guy this week, an old friend who's been on the show a couple of times. I went to high school with him for a while. Eddie May. Eddie May is just a terrific copper Vietnam vet um, and a great storyteller, I'll tell you that. Uh, and a funny thing happened... Uh, you know, I was deciding the other night, well, who are we going to go to the vault and get? And I went, what about Eddie May? He'd be great. And I'm just thinking this to myself. And I go out and I'm sitting down to dinner and my phone dings. And Eddie May is texting me, asking me for my address. I said, how'd you do that? You know, I, you must have read my mind or something. Do you have ESPN? Anyway, he's a terrific guy. And you'll know, I want you to listen to this interview. He is... Long-time Chicago police officer, I think 30 years on the force, and a good friend. And he'll be back when we get the show over to uh, BCT, Big Corner Tavern. I'm really excited about that. So let's give a listen to my old pal, Eddie May, Mount Carmel guy, Marine, and a good friend and Vietnam vet, uh, 30 years on the Chicago Police Department. Here he is, the one and only Ed May. Our guest is a Chicago Police Department, 36 years on the on the job, and a Vietnam vet, our old pal Ed May. Ed, welcome to the show, pal. Thanks for having me. There he is. He's, he's got his entourage with him. Now, you and I go way back yeah. to uh, Mount Carmel. Uh, your brother Danny was a year ahead of me, and you were like two, two, years. two years behind me. Right. Um, I do remember you on the football field <laughs> kicking my ass. <laughs> But uh, tell it, take us back there, Eddie. Uh, uh, tell, uh, tell the story, you know. Well, it was funny. I went to Carmel, had a scholarship with my brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Frank Maloney. Right. Uh, well, yeah. he was his first year as a head coach when I think we were there. Yeah. Uh, I came for visitation. I had an Irish family. There was seven kids. 
I was the sixth one. Yeah. There was six boys and a girl. My sister over there was the spoiled one. She was the oh, youngest. Oh, she's younger than you, yeah. <laughs> they quit after her. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that was perfect. Why continue? Right? Yeah. yeah. So we went to Carmel. Uh, my father thought it was wonderful that we had, they, someone would pay for the tuition. He wasn't Catholic. Yeah. Oh, but no. he raised us all Catholic. Oh, good for him. And so when I was there, it was the year they were going back to Niagara Falls because the Blackstone Rangers started. Oh, yeah. You mean yeah. for uh, spring uh, for, uh, for the summer training, summer practice, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And, uh, I remember they asked me if I was going, and he, I came back from the school, and he says, are you going to go? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to see what's up. And he didn't like the answer. <laughs> he thought I so he told Danny one day I'm walking out his Danny tummy. is your older brother. Right. Yeah. Well he told me he says, uh you shouldn't go there and I'm like, Yeah, okay. So I'm walking there one day out of school and Danny pulls up, I says, What are you doing here? And he says, Dad sent me over to get your stuff and get you out. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he didn't think I deserved it, the scholarship. Wow. So then I went to Gage Park, spent a oh, year. So and that a was half. your father's decision. Right. Wow. Oh. Uh went to Gage Park for a year and a half and then went to the Marine Corps. And but your brother was killed. Your yeah. oldest brother Jack, I think it was. Right, yeah. he was killed in November of '67. Wow. Um, so I and you just said I'm right. I was well. I was 16 then. Wow. Uh, I turned 17 in April. Ended up joining the Marine Corps and was in Vietnam. Turned 18 in April. Was in Vietnam on July 4th. And what year was that? '69. Holy cow! That was the thick of it. Yeah, I was kind of chuckling. I was going to Nam. Trying to hide the tears as my other high school class was walking down to get their diplomas. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! And so what? You did like thirteen months there or whatever? Uh, a year. They had changed yeah. it. Originally, it was thirteen months, but it was twelve months in country, and it was a two-week boat ride there and a two-week boat ride back. That's how it was. Why it was thirteen oh, months? Sure, yeah. Now, so, what was your mom? If your brother Jack had been killed, oh, and then you, gosh. she must have been distraught. Yeah, she was. I mean, my dad was the, he was a World War II veteran and everything. Oh, yeah. He had that mindset. But it yeah. was like after her, after I got married and had kids, I saw it differently. And I sure. said my father should have broke my leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so. so you wouldn't go. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But you didn't get hurt or anything. No, that's no, good. Not yeah. physically. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you were telling me some stories about some how you guys would entertain yourselves. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to mention those on the air, but uh, no, you, you know, you're 18 year old kids. I mean, yes. people don't realize you know how young you are until yeah. look, I look sudden, back on look, it. Yeah. Well, it's not look back. Look at your kids when 17 and 18 and picture they're in a war. Yeah. And it was just and like, they got guns. Uh, it was just like you know high school. You a lot of grab ass. You would wrestle and fight and everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were right on the French Indo-China Sea, and during the monsoons, when all the big waves were coming and stuff, you know, being an 18-year-old, you would stand there and throw grenades into the water and run to see how hard you go up in the grenades, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, something to Okay. Do. So <laughs> let them see them surf around <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so you, then you came out, you got out. Uh, I got out in uh, 70. 70, yeah. and, you came, and, the, and the country was divided and crazy at that time, too, right? Yeah, it was, but uh, again, you know, at that time we lived in Gage Park, and it, yeah. it was crazy downtown. It's like now it was crazy downtown, but it was still our neighborhood. Well, wait, now let's go back. You grew up in Visitation Parish. Correct. The famous Monsignor Wolf, was that his oh, yeah. name? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a summer job picking papers. You know, they give you the stick with the nail sure. on the end of it. I did that all summer. 
What a great old neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, and it was in transition at that time, right? <laughs> 69? Well, we like to ref- we were like snowflakes in a collier. Oh, time no we got kidding. Out. Yeah. Was, uh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, we lived, actually, we lived, we moved to the Burns building when everybody else was moving out. It was a 55th yeah. and Halstead. Wow. It was yeah. like 72, six and seven room apartments. Holy cow. And uh, back in the day, anybody was anybody lived there, but that was back in the day. Yeah. And yeah. So we moved there. Uh, Basically, we grew up in a, a, a four-room apartment. Yeah. There was seven kids. Seven kids. There was one bedroom, and there was three sets of bunk beds. Holy and, and one single bed for my sister. Wow. My mom and oh, dad. all boys, yeah. Right. My mom and dad slept in a, a bed or pull-out couch, depending yeah. on the time of the year, the dining room or the front room. Wow. And um, when she was getting older, they finally figured we had to move. Yeah. So we moved to the Burns building. The Burns Building. Right. And we stayed there till 67, and then we moved to Gage Park. Wow. And where were you in Gage Park? Uh, 56th and Campbell. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. by the park. Yeah. And... All right. So you, all right. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. You, so you got out of Nam, you come home. It was uh, 70, 71. Was 70. That? 70. And what was your plan? I was 19 years old. Oh, wow. Know, didn't have one. <laughs> 19 years old, and you already been to war and done your right. time and everything. Wow, amazing. Right. It was, yeah. uh, I remember coming out here to Bowl of Cherry used to be a lounge. On oh, the Bowl of Cherries. That was on Ashland. Right. Yeah. I remember showing. I went there many times. I, yeah. used, I used my library card to get in there. <laughs> it didn't serve anybody. Right. Yes, I, I remember. Ray Cologne. Yeah, yeah, Ray Cologne. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, he uh, went to Carmel, I think. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> well, his son did. Uh, uh, yeah. But, right. Uh, the cherry, the bowl of cherries. I'll never forget uh, that joint. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> we used to go there, and then that was hilarious. You could go anywhere. You give them your duty two fourteen. Oh, sure. Nobody could read it, so yeah. they all thought, "Oh, you're out of the Marine Corps." Okay, go. Yeah. Ahead, go. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you're back in the old neighborhood, hanging out. And now, right. how long before you took the police test? Well, I worked. I. I got back and let's see, I, I worked a couple of jobs and stuff. Now I started at the railroad. My brother Danny got me in at the railroad. I took the test. What was he doing at the railroad? Danny? Clerk. We were clerks. Oh, okay. And I want to say it was like I took the test in '71, and I was supposed to come out in '73, and then they had uh, there was a that class of women. They did the whole class of women. They filed a lawsuit. Oh, wow. So I was supposed to start on Monday. I got a registered letter on Friday telling us it was canceled until further notice. Blah, oh, blah. boy. And they had the class of women, but then that's when they did the big freeze for like three years after that. So I ended up coming out in 76. Okay. Yeah. So it was different because I was the second youngest in the class. I was 25, but oh, yeah, you know, oh, because was, they all everybody had to wait, right? Yeah. You know, so there was older people, you know, 30 and stuff. Where yeah. people usually come out at 21, 22. Sure, yeah. So, and and so, how long is the academy? Six months, something like that. Uh, that's when they just started it. It was basically, it was basically, gosh, we started April 26th and we hit the street Labor Day weekend. Wow. But then we went, you were on the street for two weeks, went back for two weeks, street yeah. for two weeks. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. uh, that was a new thing they were trying. You took college classes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I actually was done with everything right around Christmas, right when Mayor Daly died. Oh. I, I just got my, was on furlough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, you, one of the things you told me, and actually I have it here, um, first I'm going to just run, run through. You won all these awards. you 
Superintendent's Award of Valor, the State of Illinois Law Enforcement Medal of Honor, um, 21 Department Commendations, six Police Officer of the Month Awards, four Problem Solving Awards. That's bogus. Come on. <laughs> 297 honorable mentions, uh, two Recognition Outside Agency Awards, 2014 Crime Reduction Awards. Yeah, all these awards. This is terrific. Um, the Life-Saving Award of Gratitude for the West Lawndale uh, citizens. So y you did you did a lot of good. But uh, one of the things you said in your other piece you was, I joined the Chicago Police Department and had a 36-year career, career, career of free entertainment <laughs> that I got paid for. <laughs> so you met some interesting characters then. Oh, very, yeah. very, very many. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about some of those. Uh, what's who's your most unforgettable character? Uh, I think overall, I, his name is Tommy Eichler. He was my sergeant. Oh, Tommy Eichler. Yeah, you, you yeah, yeah. And Tom Buzzy was a character in his own. He's a legend. He was put in for the Medal of Honor. Buzzy. They're yeah. still trying to get it. They they just put it in for a third time. Oh, and the, the Medal of Honor, Congressional from Medal of Honor. Yes, from, yeah. v from Vietnam. Wow. Um, he's president of the case on veterans. He's more knowledgeable than anybody you ever met. Yeah. Just a hell of a guy. Well, we'll try and get him on the show as though he can lie and say he's Irish. Tommy Eichler, right? Buzzy. Yes. <laughs> um, so how long were you guys, uh, he was your sergeant, how long was Ten that? years. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Was this the first ten years you were in? Uh, no, actually, I spent my first five years in the third district over by Carmel. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was interesting. I I thought one of the funniest things was when we went there. There was a girls' high school. Oh, Aquinas. I didn't. I, they just come by in the bus, but they told us we could never go there and never tell us where it's at. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, Aquinas. Yeah. And I, they had all those huge apartment buildings around the school. It was in the South Shore. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when I went back there, I pulled up in front of Carmel and I sat there. That's when they had it torn down. And I looked over and they tore down all the buildings. Like were like 65th and Dante. Yes. Yeah. And. Right behind it was the high school, and I laughed because it was a half that, a block away, and they kept telling us they're not going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that neighborhood is all well. Oh. It's not changed that much, but I right. sent my kids there, and they dug it. They, you know, they. Oh, yeah. they right. It was a good education, and and but you never graduated. No. And uh, I think you told me you were the only uh, CPD without a GED. I was. I was the last guy in the police department without a GED. <laughs> God bless you. That's terrific. Uh, and he gets a hand for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, when I came out, you didn't need it. You no just, kidding. You didn't have to have the high school. Yeah. No. So. Um, and were you a patrolman your whole yeah. career? Yeah. Curb to curb, please. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, what was the scariest thing that happened to you in that uh, journey? Well, probably it was uh, actually November of two thousand one. <laughs> We had some people stopped, and uh, we put them in a the car. And November two thousand one, yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, heard noise. Thought it was, at first thought it was fireworks. We were in uh, Christiana and Huron. Christiana and, and Huron, and then West Side. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, I said, "No, they're shooting." I turned around, and it was like looking at the wild, the movie The Wild Bunch. There was four guys walking towards us, across one at a. 30 caliber carbine. Holy cow. One had a pump shotgun and the other one had a, a 45 pistol. And they're just walking at you guys While shooting? While they were shooting. Yeah. The, the fourth one didn't have a gun. He ended up running away. But the, 
we were on one side, looked one corner, they were on the other, they started shooting, we started shooting. It's like a western. Yeah. yeah. Was, they shot up, ended up like 29 times. They wow. shot at us. Yeah. And I turned around and yelled at the people we had stopped to get on the ground, and one kid was literally laying against my legs. Wow. I'm standing up, and he got shot five times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was like now, a, were they going to get you, or were they going after the kids? Well, what happened was they found out they had argued... Got in an argument with these guys earlier. Yeah. Well, they went home to smoke some PCP and oh, yeah. get their nerve up. Yeah. And they drove by and saw these guys on the corner. So they went home to get their guns, and in the meantime, we stopped them. Yeah. So then when they came back, you know, they figured it was the police when we started shooting back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys were all, you guys were in plain clothes. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Did anybody get hit? Yeah, one of them, he got hit in the leg. The other one... We found out later he got shot like the top of his shoulder. And what about the police? Any of you guys get hit? No. Oh, that's no. good. Yeah, it was weird. It was so these hard. were lousy shots. <laughs> well, they, they hit the one kid five times and they shot oh. a girl a block away in the back. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the funny part about that, we went to trial. And they all got like 30-some years and stuff. Yeah. And they appealed it because they thought it was too harsh of a sentence, and the appeal court agreed with them. The sentence was wrong, that it wasn't enough. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> gave him more years, so it was kind of funny. Yeah. And when that was 2001, huh? Right. That's something you never forget. No. no yeah. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and you were telling me another story about, uh, oh, oh, where's it over on Independence Avenue? Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to tell it. <laughs> no, nah, we'll skip that one. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, now, what's the funniest thing that ever happened in those 36 years? Oh, gosh. Entertainment. <laughs> well, it's, it's like daily entertainment. It, it's like you laugh at each other. I mean, you get a oh, yeah. That's you, the you beauty get, of it. It's the right. camaraderie with the police sure. and everything and, and, and the other cops. Believe yeah. it or not, you get, the bad guys, the real bad guys, you get to know. They well, know no Because you. you see them so often. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like if, if you treat them right. I mean, you don't abuse them. They, they know it's a game. Yeah. Sometimes you catch them. Sometimes they get away. It's, yeah. You know, it's simple. You don't beat them. You don't, you know, it's nothing like that. We didn't have no problems like that. Yeah. One of the funniest things was we had a kid. We stopped him. Locked him up for selling dope. Yeah. And he was, his boss, whatever you want to call him, was one of the gang leaders over there, 15th and Kenzie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the kid goes back and he says, uh, he asked me, he says, where's the, the Green copy of the inventory. That's the one you gave him as a receipt. Inventory. <laughs> These guys and are running a business. What? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and he said, "Where's the inventory for the money?" He says, uh, "He's not. They didn't give it to me." He says, "What do you mean they didn't give it to you?" He says, "No. He he took the money." Well, he commenced. They beat the kid half to death because oh, yeah. he told him those guys might do a lot of things, but they don't steal. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, it, it's it's hard to explain that. You know. It's changed now, I assume, but, I mean, it, it was like they were in a business. If they got caught, they got caught. If they, yeah. didn't, they, didn't, if they acted like an idiot, they got, you know, if they hit you, you hit them back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And was it mostly just drugs over the, all that drugs stuff? Drugs and guns. Drugs yeah. and guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as bad as it is now where everybody's shooting, but that's because of the changing times. Where, How know. long have you been retired? Uh, eight years. Oh, good, okay. Yeah. Well, now looking back... And one of the reasons we do the show is just that the whole situation with the police is uh, this whole defund the police thing. It's just crazy. And it's tougher to be a cop. And one of the other 
officers. Who was it? P.D. Dignan. We talked to last week, and he said, "I said, you know, how do you how how are they going to get people to become cops these days?" He said, "There are some still some people who want to do good." Well, it's a lot of these kids. They come on for the right reason. Yeah, and you know, everybody says, "Why would anybody want to be a cop?" I said, "Well, you're not going to find a job paying you eighty thousand dollars a year." Yeah, yeah. You know, that's quite simple. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. I don't know if you remember the movie Prince of the City. Yes, the absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Think back to that line when they're at the end, when they were trying to figure out if they were going to send Danny Cello, they were going to charge him because they knew the young U.S. attorney stood up. He says, well, I wasn't the only one in the room who didn't know he was lying, but we wanted him to lie. Yeah. He says, but unless you're going to take people at five years old and train them to be the police, yeah, that's the only way you're going to get them to have your mindset. Well, yeah. We laughed at that stuff. And we laughed at these kids coming out of the police academy that were, you know, they could forget, you know, forget everything they taught. They think it's, it's all in the way. square. Yeah. But it, it's, it's in their minds now. I yeah. mean, they're training them that way, which I guess isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, they're going to come out of the academy knowing what they can and do. You know, they, that's why they want to get rid of all the older guys because they're setting their ways. And, oh, yeah. You know, but as far as... It's but the older guys are... They're street smart. They've been around. Right. You know what I mean? They need those right. guys. You're, you on. know, I have a nephew on the job. He's doing wonderful. But, oh, yeah? You know, How old is he? 28. Okay. Oh, he's young still. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's doing great. He's doing a great job and everything. But it's your worry. It, it's got to the point where, you know, you can be the greatest guy in the world, but if you make one mistake, the world wants to hang you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's what you uh, worry about. Yeah. Huh. And uh, so you're eight. You're, what are you doing now? Just hanging out and enjoying your I, Well, I work three days a week for, it's called Breakthrough Beverage. Oh, that's right. My son Billy works right. there. Right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. The Dewart family, great people to work and for. And the Duffs. Yeah. The greatest guys in the world. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Duff. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Duff, Pat Duff. Yeah. Right. My pal. Right. Um, my son Billy works there. He's a oh. salesman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a great organization. Oh, they're unbelievable. Yeah, they're they, fantastic. They do things that they take care of their people. Yeah, they do. Great organization. Oh, I forgot about that. So, uh, but you now, when you encounter a young cop and you say, hey, I was on the job for 36 years, do they give you any lip or what? No. Well, no, I mean, it's funny. I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the stories you made reminded me that... That uh, I quit drinking 30 years ago. I Good mean, for you. you know, Ray yeah. Milan had a lost weekend. I had a lost decade. It was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the 80s? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I quit. And these young coppers, you know, they, you know, I heard stories about you and blah, blah, blah. And You're like, a legend. There's no oh, question about it. You know, I, I, Eddie I, May. I like to have a drink with you. And I started laughing. I says, well, the only problem with that is. About four o'clock tomorrow morning, when I'm just getting wound up, you'll be home asleep. <laughs> you know, so it's not going to happen. You yes. know. I'll have a Pepsi with you. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I I had a good career. I had a great time. I, mean, I was well taken care of. I yeah. enjoyed working. And how many kids you got? Three. Three kids, and how Three many boys. grandkids you got? Nine. Nine grandkids. Oh my God. I have one. Well, I have one in the Air Force, and his brother is going in October sixth. So I have two in the Air Force. And did you say you have three sons? Three sons. What are they doing? Uh, Matt's a computer guy. He's How old are these guys? 40, 48, 46, and okay. 38. All right. Yeah. Uh, Matt's the computer guy. He works in uh, Colorado, Tennessee. They live in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Jason's an electrician. Oh, he's in the union. Good for right. him. My yeah. son, uh, Jonathan, dude, 
he works with us at Breakthrough. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And and now, what about your wife? What's your wife's name? Judy. Judy's a saint. <laughs> ah, everybody agrees. <laughs> Judy's a saint. <laughs> uh, she said I had to tell him that many times. Oh, uh, that's great. Well, you, looking back, uh, you're glad you did it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, like I say, I would have never. You know, people say, "Why would anybody take the police department now or before?" Yeah. And it's. It's a great paying job. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, when this stuff goes bad, it'll go back to normal eventually. I sure hope so. You know, Man. You, you can't yeah. let it, they can't keep letting them kill the world. So. Yeah. And now, do you still see some of the guys you worked with? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the time district, every month, they have a luncheon. Uh, every month? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Or every, you know, every month, every two months. Where was the 10th district? That was a t Well, when we were there, it was 23rd and Damon. Now it's, oh, okay. on, now it's on Ogden, right off Kedzie. Okay. Well, that's kind of a bad area. I didn't catch you. Yeah. Well, the whole city's bad now, right? What am I talking about? Well, um, now you know you did, but you did a lot of plain clothes stuff. Yeah, I'm probably under my thirty-six years, thirty-three of them. Were no kidding. Now. And so you were a tactical guy. Is that what well, you I did uh, tack for ten years, no, thirteen years. Yeah. And. Now I got tired of that just because of the details. That's when they started all the details. What's so that mean? The, well, they used to, we used to have to go to Taste in Chicago, all the festivals, oh, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so then I quit doing that. And I did what the, they call an 06 car. It was like a, you worked on the watch and you responded, to, but you worked playing clothes. And it's like being a tack guy without the tack team. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just waiting for a call, like basically. Well, it's fight and or create crime. Would you say? <laughs> Fight and or create crime. And or create crime. <laughs> now, we had Kathleen Dorich on the show. She recommended, did you guys work together? Well, what? she was on the tag team when I was in the 8th Oh, district. no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. She told us some great stories about, uh, I think it's Operation Angel. Right. <laughs> Were you working with her then? No, but I worked at I had a good stock worker. There, there are funny stories about Oh, that. she was I mean, terrific. Like, she had funny, well, great Yeah. We were, I had to do it in 11. And one of the guys pulled up to the girl and gave her a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> now these are, but for our audience, uh, the Operation Angel is uh, female police officers decoyed as prostitutes, basically right. working the street. And, right. uh, um, this guy, so this guy brings her flowers. He brought her flowers. Yeah. And, you know, but there's a lot of funny stories with that. I mean, different. Well, let's hear them. Come on, what do you got, Eddie? <laughs> oh no, we just you know. <laughs> he doesn't want to say. <laughs> okay, you're <laughs> Yeah, but you see, you, you see some people. That, I mean, I've seen them too, where they pull up and throw bottles at the police woman and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it, it's crazy, and you'd be shocked the people that do get caught going over to the real prostitutes. I mean, you know, coming out of the loop, coming from work and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You know, yeah. but it's. Uh, well, you know, we had another gal, Eileen. O'Neill on. She also worked it, and she. Some of these guys she felt sorry for. She said, if there was a if there was a booster seat in the back of the car, she would usually let the guy pass because she felt sorry because he had kids yeah. and stuff. <laughs> you remember that? Billy? Right. <laughs> that was terrific. And then the guys would pull up and they'd have like six bucks and change right. in the car. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Like, ne negotiation. Yeah. Um, 
So there, it, you're right, though. It entertained you for 36 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you had to look at it. I mean, I had one New Year's Eve, I got my back window blown out of the car. Wow. But my the way I looked at it, is the only way you can deal with it is he wasn't shooting at Eddie May. He was shooting at a policeman. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, you, you couldn't take it personal or you go nuts. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, he shot at me. and. I jumped out of my car. My partner had a heart attack, telling me to get back in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, it was like I didn't. He wasn't coming after Eddie May. He was coming no. after a policeman. And so even yeah. I'm not saying it's right, but it wasn't personal. Like he was gunning. It was me. New Year's Eve. Wow. Yeah. Um, we had two guys in the back seat. Oh, you they, did? They, they crawled under. They were trying to crawl under the seat. Oh, I bet. <laughs> were they? You were taking those guys yeah. in? Oh, wow. Holy cow. Um, Well, the nice thing is that doesn't happen at Breakthrough Beverage. (laughs) No one's shooting out your window or anything. So far, so good. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting because what you guys see, you see the worst of people. And you see people in some pretty bad situations where they've just, you know, someone's victimized them or whatever. Oh, yeah. you're, You're looking at humanity. You know? Oh, it, 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 you see, it just reminded me, we were at 13th and Avers one day, we were looking for somebody. Oh, that's a bad day, right? And this old guy's there, and he, he says, uh, yeah, he's, officer, you're looking for that bright-skinned boy, he lives in the basement right over there. Oh, really? <laughs> he yeah. said, well, you know, they we're talking, and he says, you know, he says, uh, why don't you guys, you know, just beat him up? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, they got rights now, so it doesn't you can't work do that, that way. He goes, yeah. nobody gave a about my rights. <laughs> We're going to have to bleep you there. Oh, Eddie. sorry. <laughs> but I he mean, said that. Oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah. funny. I mean, yeah. but he was saying nobody cared about my rights. Yeah. Well, things are different, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, well, I mean, back in the day, I mean, if you ran and you got caught, you know, it's... You paid the price. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you yeah. got away, you got to laugh another day. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's but all it's, gone out the window oh, now, gosh. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, but I mean, there's just so many different things. I mean, it's it's a great job. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, it, like I spent almost my whole career in, in the ghetto, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. And you get to know the people who live there. Yeah. I mean, I know I spent Army and Lou's was a restaurant on 75th. Oh, sure. Drive. Used yeah. Used to go in there. I mean, I met Cab Calloway. The famous soul, I was soul, soul, right. soul food. I would, you met was, Cab Calloway? He was at the table next to me. No you know, kidding. I locked up his kid later too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sorry, Cam. <laughs> but uh, I mean, but it, you know, I used to see all the politicians, everything. Oh, sure. And they were, yeah. The guy who owned it was a nice guy. He was an old policy guy, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie something. I forget his name. Yeah. But yeah. he was a really nice guy. You know. Yeah. And <laughs> there was a liquor store there, Smitty's, one of the nicest guys I ever met. Yeah. You know? And but I mean, you got to meet the people in the neighborhood. Yeah, and you get to find out, you know, if if people think people don't talk to you, you know, you got to be an idiot if they don't. I mean, yeah, if uh, they, you know, I always had a thing if I got a call, no matter how goofy it was, you know, if, uh, one of the ones that used to aggravate me was playing basketball on the street. Well, my theory was, you know where they're at. Yeah, and so <laughs> we uh, would go there, go to the calls, and if. You know, someone called about it, just someone in the gangway or something. I would, I would go and I would get out of the car. And for the, and they were and, playing and basketball. And, you know, people like, well, I says, look, if they're, they're calling, 
you know, how many times you heard police never do, the police never show oh, up, yeah, police never do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I said, so if they're calling, they're calling for a reason. And 99% of the time, they will call you later and tell you good stuff. Oh, yeah. You know. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah. So you'd get out and say, okay, and they know you're there to hassle them. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It's Shag them. All the time. <laughs> Remember when the Bulls won the championship? Oh, yeah. And it was like Steve Kerr did that jump shot or him or the other one. Paxton? Yeah, it's John Paxton. Well, we were in Inglewood, and they're driving down the alley, and there was a bunch of kids playing basketball. And one of them ran into the garage, so they jump out of the car, I go in there, and he ain't doing nothing. And so we're walking out, and they're all playing. And so I'm walking there, saying, I'm in my cowboy boots and jeans. And so I said, I'll give me You're the ball. You're in your cowboy boots <laughs> and jeans. <laughs> yeah, so he, he throws me the ball, and I looked at him, I turn around, did like about, I don't know, 20 foot jump shot and swish it and they're like oh I, says, <laughs> I just looked at this white man can't jump not white man can't shoot just <laughs> and they're like do it again I said not in this lifetime <laughs> that's great <laughs> they were shocked I'm sure oh, yeah uh, well, well they were shocked all the time it's, you know well that's <laughs> oh that's funny we used to have a problem back in uh, Tom District with the when every remember the steel garbage cans yeah well, on the dope spots, they would have all the fires going and the oh yeah and for warmth. I mean, yeah, in the winter. So yeah. we used to go there. So the big which, old oil drums, right. basically. Yeah, yeah. So it was around. I don't know what. But anyway, I happened to have like an M1000. What's an M1000? A little bigger than an M80. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, a stick of dynamite, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting there and wrapped it up and like a McDonald's cup. I'm talking to him. I threw it in a garbage can. And we walked away with the garbage can blow up. They were trying to warm uh, So up. we did it one more time later. So after that, if I pulled up and I flipped a cigarette, they rang. Oh, that's <laughs> an M1000. <laughs> that's great. So you just kind of drop it in there and surreptitiously walk away. And oh, yeah. Go, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Cut my their toes. <laughs> But I mean, but a lot of it, you know, it's like they used to say: you drive them crazy when you, if you stopped them every time you saw them, they knew what was going on. If you stopped them once in a while, you used to drive them nuts because they didn't oh, know when you were going to stop. Oh, because they never know. Them. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. you know I part mean, of you, the game. You yeah. drive by and you say hi and everything, and the next time, you, all of a sudden you're out of the car. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but it was like you know, if they ran, they ran, and yeah, you know, <laughs> kept a young policeman around. To, chase to go them. chase them. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a lot of fun. Oh, Eddie, this is great stuff. Well, you know, I want you are a survivor. There's no you survived Nam. You survived 36 years on the streets of Chicago. God bless you. Thank you. And and uh, your kids should be proud of you and, and your family. Everybody, and we salute you and and uh, just think it's great. And come back. We oh, yeah, come oh, back definitely. in a couple of months. To tell us some more stories. <laughs> It's so great to see you. Too. Come to your toe. It's All good right, seeing pal. you. Thank you for Ed everything. May. Thank you, pal. God Thank bless you. you. Uh, We're going to take a little break on Hibernian Radio and be right back after these messages from our friends. <laughs> With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers 
and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. One hundred and ten years ago, Roger Sheehy started his family business with his sons. Sheehy's have handled a lot of Southside Irish families since then, mine included. When my late brother Willie died, my brother Danny and I went out to meet with Bob Sheehy to discuss the wake and funeral. Bob and Jimmy Sheehy are quite simply the best. But there's something else about the Sheehy's. Willie was a bachelor. He died alone. The nurses at Northwestern gave me his belongings when I went to pick up his stuff after his death. They gave me his wallet, clothes, and some cash that was on him when he died. As Danny and I discussed what suit to bury Willie in, I handed the cash, 88 bucks, to Bob Sheehy, and I said, put this in his pocket before the wake. Danny looked at me funny, and I said, just some walking around money in case he needs it wherever he's going. But Bob Sheehy said, of course. He knew I was grieving in my own way for probably my favorite brother. I'll never forget that. Sure, the Sheehys were great through the whole thing, and as I did Willie's eulogy at Christ the King, I saw Bob standing in the back of the church, laughing along with the rest of our family as I told some Willie tales out of school. I will never forget that. And when I die, I know my old friends Bob and Jimmy Sheehy will be keeping an eye out for me and my family. They are the best in the business. The Sheehys have been helping Irish families on the South Side for a long, long time, just like their father and grandfather before them, Sheehy. Where all the right people go. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News. We've always been green. Hey folks, Charlotte Houlihan here. Did you know that Hibernian Radio is now streaming worldwide on Global Irish Radio? Every Saturday night at 7 p.m. or 1 a.m. in Ireland. Yes, the Irish are always way ahead of us. Check it out at globalirishradio.com or capital G-I-R dot I-E. Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth, Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating a delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you, this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly Institution at 99th and Western, as well as in Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. You got the best of both worlds. Still owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose mom and dad, Frank and Teresa, bought the Western location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. They opened the doors in Orland at 73 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. You'll recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, whose great times have been celebrated for generations of Chicagoland Irish. Fox's is perfect for the whole family, pickup or delivery, or you can dine in, relax and have a cocktail with your dinner, whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Fox's in Beverly at 773-239-3212 or in Orland Park at 708-349-2111. 
They're proud sponsors of Hibernian Radio and all Irish first responders. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Gotta love that Fox's Pizza. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, Call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. And we're back. What about it? Ed May, was I right? Is he a terrific guy or what? Uh, and I'm so glad he called me the other night, but I had thought of him before that. I'm going to coax him to come back on the show once we get over to a BCT, Big Corner Tavern, hang out with Julie Shea and her dad. Um, it's right at the corner of uh, Cermak and First Avenue, 8405, I think is the address. Let me just check that. Uh, you'll notice that when we're doing these vault shows, I'm not too... Oh, 8405 West Cermak Road in North Riverside. That's our new destination starting March 1st for Hibernian Radio, where we honor our Irish cops, firefighters, paramedics, and nurses. So uh, the big tragic thing that Sunday was, and we knew it was coming, my brother died. My sister called me and said, Brian died at 6.15 in the evening. I had been to see him just a couple of days ago. He looked like hell, down to 80 pounds. Um, So it, it was definitely a blessing, but... This guy is one of the all-time characters. Many of the stories about him are X-rated. He was a celebrated writer, actor, body comic, which is what we wound up putting in the obit, uh, in New York City, Chicago, and in L.A. Uh, Just one very twisted individual, if I do say so myself, and he was my brother. Um, and I was a little brother and he was five years older than me and, uh, he was nuts. What can I tell you? Ask anybody who knew the guy. (laughs) He had his moments though. Um, funny story about my brother, Brian, and he was a comedian and an actor and, uh, he got a gig in, in New York city on, uh, I think it was ABC because it was Stormfield, Roseanne Scarmadella and Tom Snyder were the anchors, okay? And they would send Brian out on the streets of New York City to talk about just about anything he wanted to. I mean, and he had plenty to beef about, elevators that didn't come on time, whatever. And it was like a three-minute bit. Here's how he got the job. Uh, he, You know how those editorials would come on and they'd have an editorial about starving children in Africa, or isn't it sad? And, you know, people were welcome to respond to their, you know, give the other side of a viewpoint. Well, he here's how he got hired. He responded and said, I don't want to see any more starving kids with the bloaty bellies and the flies buzzing around their heads. 
on my TV. This is how he started his career on television. And they obviously thought, this guy's nuts. And they called him in, auditioned him, and hired him to be on the news once or twice a week. It was called Brian's View. His real name was Thomas, but he changed it to Brian. And Brian's view was pretty wacky. Funny, yes. Irreverent, yes. Uh, but one day, at the time, Tom Snyder was huge. He was an anchor in Stormfield, Roseanne Scarmadella. And they had a big poster on the subways of Manhattan. And it'd say, you know, there are, he's a, Tom Snyder would say, he's abrasive, he's truthful, he's this, he's that. So Brian goes down there and he's standing next to one of their posters and, and he's reading it. He's abrasive. He's, he's rich. Do you know how much money this guy makes? He does this on the show. His network, and they cut back to the anchors. <laughs> they got this look on their face like, this guy just pimped us on live television. Well, he was fired, of course, immediately. <laughs> he was fired immediately. <laughs> When he was fired, he had a big party at his house. He didn't tell anybody what the party was for, and though he gets there, he goes, I got fired, isn't it great? Anyway, he was off his rocker. Hey, there's my son, uh, Patty, and my grandson, Mikey, just stopped in. So what I want to do, I want to play a tune for my brother, Wild Colonial Boy, by the one and only Clancy Brothers, and it kind of fits him to a T, but from an Irish angle. So please give it a listen in honor of the one, the only, Brian Houlihan on Hibernian Radio. Yeah. 
Back on Hibernian Radio, brought to you by Flood Brothers, uh, Fox's Pizza, all our friends. We're getting all mixed up here because my anyway, my brother died. That's what I'm. That's the main thing in the back of my head. I'm driving me nuts. But that was for him. That tune, the Wild Colonial Boy. He is or was one piece of work. Maybe I'll tell some more stories about him going down the line. Uh, I want to remind everybody, coming up on uh, Sunday, February 26th from 6 to 10, Gaelic Park, our old pal Kevin O'Shea is doing a charity benefit, Irish Rebel Music Fest, featuring the one and only Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones. Also with Kieran Byrne, the Chancers, and the Chicago Guard of Pipes and Drums. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be huge. Tickets are 50 bucks. It all goes to... Help Danny Golden and his family. Danny is the uh, cop who got shot over in Beverly last summer. He's paralyzed. God bless him. So come on out and uh, the benefit Danny Golden and his family, Chicago Police. You'll be glad you did. There'll be a 50-50 raffle cash bar. Live bands, including Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones. That's classic Irish music, I got to tell you. Sunday, February 26th from 6 to 10. Uh, you can get tickets by calling, or, or you can email koshea at kinsalecapitalpartners.com or call Kevin at 630-865-7137 or call Gaelic Park. I'm sure they'll hook you up with uh, some tickets. I'll be down there that night, or yeah, night, 6 to 10, Sunday, February 26th. We're looking forward to it. So that's something we should all get out for there. Now, Billy, you know, whenever I'm walking on Western Avenue, I look in the window, cans, rocks, hearts, or any of those great Irish saloons. And I see the ghost of my old pal, Jimmy Goff, through the mist, and he says to me, Hey, holy, who died? I get a little Danny Boy music going here, Billy. Hey, um, Joe Whalen, age 59. Wow, that's young. 59, beloved son of the late Joseph Sr. and Betty May Whalen, loving brother of Kathleen. Daly, uh, Patricia Polito, and Jeannie Sanborn. He was a kind cousin to many. And Joe was waked, and the funeral arrangements were handled by she, all the right people. Sister Mary Susan Halbach, formerly Sister Mary Doreen, died January 26th in Mother of Good Council Convent, beloved member of the Felician Sisters community for 58 years. She was a beloved daughter of the late Leonard and the late Elizabeth, sister of Ronald, Patricia, and Karen. God rest her lovely soul, Sister Mary Susan Hullbach, a Felician sister. Okay. Thomas Boland, 87. Tom Boland, 87, a native of Cross, County Clare, Ireland, devoted husband of the late Kathleen K. Loving father of Martin, Michael, Kathleen, Teresa, and Thomas Jr. He was a founding member of the Clare Association. God rest his soul, Thomas Boland, 87. Also, Margaret Callahan, Mary, Margaret Mary Kelly Callahan, 
born in 1941 in Castle Bar, County Mayo, Ireland. Mayo, God help us. The youngest child of Nora and Edward Kelly. Margaret was very close to her siblings, Frank, the eldest, who remained in Ireland to run the family farm. Thomas, who married Eileen, who moved to Chicago, and as did sister Bridie, O.S.M. Kathleen Shanley, married to Jack. Mary Duggan, married Bill, and Noreen Doherty, who's married to John. Margaret joined the family in Chicago where she met and married her beloved John, who adored her. She was the loving mother of John and Lance, the doting grandmother of Ryan, Katie, and Kane. Margaret practiced her deep faith as an active member of the St. Robert Bellarmine Church community for 55 years as a Eucharistic minister and volunteer at the Women's Center. She cherished time spent with her close relatives, Father Jack Joyce, Pete and Bobby, Jerry and Ha, and Joe and Irma. She relished family gatherings, was close to her nieces and nephews. Her wry wit and grace will be remembered with love by many. Can rest her lovely soul, Margaret Callahan. Eileen Mary Malloy. Uh, she was born in Islandmore, County Mayo, Ireland, to Michael and Mary Merely. In 1935, she was survived by her son, Gerard, and wife, Heather, her grandchildren, Giles Gerard and Hunter Malloy, and Nico Siena and Elena Gagliano, her sisters, Violet Feeney in Ireland, Gertrude Burns, and her husband, Ed Burns. God rest her lovely soul, Eileen Mary Malloy. And finally, Mike Phelan, Michael Phelan, age 75, United States Marine Corps, beloved husband of 50 years to Marge, Devoted father of Kelly, Yana, and Michael Phelan. God rest his lovely soul, Michael Phelan, age 75. And Billy, the funeral was handled and the arrangements were made by she, where all the right people go. Speaking of funeral homes, and of course she, he has first dibs on my body. <laughs> They've been sponsors of this show for 15 years. But... My old pal Gino Cooney helped me out when my brother Brian died, and I we couldn't have done it without him. And he just came to the rescue. And, uh, so thank you, Gino. And, and he, Gino, in addition to being a magician and a comedian and a funny guy, he's the great undertaker, and he's the last guy who will ever let you down. So big thanks to Junie, Gino Cooney and the Cooney Funeral Home for handling Brian's funeral arrangements, although there is no funeral. Service, as they say, was private. Okay, we're going to take a little break here on Hibernian Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages from our friends. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Hey, everybody. This is Charlotte Houlihan. Don't touch that dial. My grandpa will be right back some more Hibernian radio. He said something about seeing a man about a horse. Sounds like I'm actually going to get that pony after all. 
Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News, we've always been green. On the Death Walk of Saloons that decorate Western Avenue, only the Cork and Carry Irish Pub, the soul of Beverly, sits right on a 50-yard line of Chicago's Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade at 106th and Western. Generations of Southside Irish have quenched their thirst in the cork, snuggling up to memories of family, faith, and fierce loyalty to friends. It's the jewel of this neighborhood where we celebrated weddings, christenings, wakes, and unforgettable victories. Proprietors Bill Guidi and Mike Fitzpatrick, now celebrating 20 years in business, welcome you home for a cold brew to share a good story or help you throw one hell of a party. With over 20 beers on tap and a full bar for your pleasure, this is the spot you can sink a root and get your Irish on. Cork has plenty of seating, from our private event rooms to our 300-person beer garden. Our interior space brings you back to the homeland of Ireland with our vintage photos and authentic Irish decor and Chicago memories of the good old days. So say hello to a stranger, make a new friend, fall in love, or just enjoy the company of people you forgot you knew. The Cork and Kerry continues the Southside tradition parents and grandparents brought here from the old country. Come on by the Cork and Kerry and get some. The Cork and Carry Irish Pub, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, for private parties, just pals hanging out, or intimate cocktail rendezvous. Come on home to the south side of Chicago at the Cork and Carry. Cops and firefighters risk their lives almost every day, so they shouldn't have to risk their hard-earned dough in any get-rich schemes or the blather of old pals in the real estate biz. And good luck trying to figure out the stock market or cryptocurrency or even economics 101 when you come home exhausted at the end of your shift. What you need is somebody you can trust. And they're in short supply these days. Hey, take it from me. I've lost fortunes in showbiz because I thought I was smarter than everybody else and I wound up bankrupt and broke. It took me a long time to decide to find a friend I could trust who had my family's best interests at heart. That friend was my late pal, Joe Madden. I met him as he passed the basket at St. Luke's, and I'd turn my pockets inside out as he came to my pew, and I'd say, I'm tapioca. He laughed, but didn't stop him from supporting my films and showbiz endeavors over the years. Joe Madden had my back. A few years before he died, Joe started Madden Funds with his sons, Mike and Danny. The Maddens and Houlihans have been pals for a long, long time. They can advise the best path for your investments. Madden Funds will have your back, too. Need advice on your 401k or your rollover IRA? You can trust Madden Funds to help you protect and grow your investments now and in your family's future. Go to their website, maddenfunds.com, or call Mike or Dan Madden at 708-848-3200 and tell them who Lee sent you. And we are back on the Hibernian Radio. I want to make sure we thank all our sponsors, Madden Funds, Local 150, Sheehy Funeral Home, Fox's Pizza, Flood Brothers, and Guinness is good for you. And soon to be the BCT Tavern, Big Corner Tavern in uh, North Riverside. We're looking forward to making our move there March 1st. Uh, You know, this is a wacky week for me, and 
yes, we have some jokes to tell. I'm not going to cheat you on the jokes. But I do want to thank everybody who reached out on Facebook and everything and sent condolences about my wacky brother, Brian. And indeed, he was a wild colonial boy. He, I don't think he ever got to see Ireland, and that would have cured him. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the one thing he did love was a joke. So I got a couple of jokes here, and these are right up Brian's alleys. Alleys? One day, a hooker went to file her taxes, and for occupation, she put whoring. Tax guy said, hey, come on, whoring is an illegal occupation. She said she'd have to go home and think about it, and she'd call him back in an hour with a more legitimate occupation. An hour later, she called him and said, I got it. I'm a chicken farmer. And he said, wait a minute. How do you get chicken farmer out of whoring? She said, I raised over a thousand cocks last year. But I'm Okay. I'm getting having fun doing this show by myself in my son's apartment, I gotta tell you. Okay, want another one? Another one for Hoolie Town? At a wedding in Glasgow, I whispered to the guy next to me, Isn't the bride a right ugly dog? Do you mind? That's my daughter you're talking about. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know you were her father. I'm not, I'm her feckin' mother. <laughs> she was. A right ugly dog. Okay. All right, finally, final joke, final joke here on Town. Little Johnny's neighbor had a baby. Well, you know, everybody loves You know who little Johnny was in my family? My brother Brian. He was like the little Johnny of our family. Little Johnny's neighbor had a baby, but he was born without ears. Johnny and his mom went to visit the baby, and Johnny was warned not to mention its ears or he'd be spanked. Johnny looked in the cot and said, What a lovely baby. Lovely feet, hands, and skin. How's his eyesight? The baby's mother said, His eyesight is perfect. Johnny said, That's good, because he'd be fucked if he needed glasses. (laughs) Okay. So much fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, We will see you next week. Thanks for everybody who sent condolences on my brother Brian. We'll get through this. And thanks to Billy Wooten. And we will soon be seeing you all at the BCT at uh, Cermak and First Avenue in North Riverside. Till then, God bless you all. And we'll see you later. Bye.